Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Welcome to the 64th episode of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to all things elite. My name is Austin Summons. I am the host for you today. And joined with me, as always, is my very good friend Floyd. Floyd, how you doing? I am doing well. Uh, it is a great Sunday here, three days before my birthday. So I'm Yay! super excited and pumped up. My wife is probably tired of hearing about my birthday because I talk about it a lot because I'm pretty much all about my birthday. Yeah, well, it's your it's your day. You have every right to be talking about that. So, And if everybody wants to be ready to tweet at Floyd for his birthday wishes, be sure to tweet him at Floyd Johnson Jr. Do that. Spam his timeline with nonstop birthday messages when it comes out. Or do it early. Do whatever you want because you know what? For a lot of people, their birthdays are like week-long endeavors. So you know what? Just it's a It's a day. It's a week for celebration, and it's definitely a huge moment for you. So, yeah, you have every right to talk about it. Yes, and I'm old as shit this year. I turned 39. <laughs> I'm excited about that. All right. Nice. Well, obviously, this week we have many things to talk about. We got Being the Elite, AEW Dark, Dynamite, a lot of news coming forward, and how uh, we got to talk about Fighter Fest coming up. But first, the first thing we want to do to start off the show is remind you guys that this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. PowerSlam TV is where you can get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from around the country and all around the globe, right on your laptop and mobile devices. And if you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month completely free. And also, I want to make sure that you are downloading this fine show on Google and Apple Podcasts. So if you can, please leave a rating and a review if you're so inclined to. We'd be very appreciative of that. And you can leave a donation through our new podcast provider, Red Circle. Be sure to support us by following the podcast on Twitter at AT Elite Pod. Follow Su- Social Suplex at Social Suplex. Follow myself at SZoomer4. And like I said before, follow Floyd at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now, with all that out of the way, let's start off with the big AEW news of the week. And that is 
being headlined by the fact that Fighter Fest has been announced for a date, and it is going to be two separate shows. So the dates for the shows are going to be July 1st and July 8th. So they're spreading it out a little bit to make it seem super big, and I think just to make sure that everybody gets a good spotlight because I think they've got a lot of matches that they're planning to get on this show, and I think it's just going to make the show a lot better. We saw WWE do this with WrestleMania and had a lot of great matches on there that wanted to get equal time so that way the fans didn't get worn out. So I think this is only a good thing for the wrestlers. Um, Now, Floyd, what do you think about this news? I am super excited. Um, Of course, we're not happy that the original Fighter Fest got moved from the U.K. I would have loved for them to get their first show for all of our U.K. people out there. But this seems like a great alternative. Uh, You know, first and the eighth, you get two big dynamites, pay-per-view quality dynamites. You know, uh, that is, that's that's kind of amazing. All titles will be on the line. All titles will be on the line. That is amazing. So I get some Cody. You know, you get the tag team belts. I, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm just pumped up about the show. It's, um, only thing is, you know, I wish I could be there, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I and I genuinely do feel bad. I, I have much love for the United Kingdom. I have a lot of friends there. I've obviously worked with the Cultaholic guys, and I feel awful that they missed out on this but i feel like with the fact that they mentioned that they were planning on doing this in the first place once everything calms down i'm sure AEW will be making its choice debut in the uk as soon as possible because i'm sure fans over there are clamoring for like a huge pay-per-view to be held in the uk and i'm sure just to see all that talent over there i think would be huge so i'm sure it's just going to take a little bit of time but that was the big news of the week um obviously we had some highlights as well with being the elite um one of my biggest highlights. I, I don't know if you've been a huge fan of this, but uh, Broken Matt's uh, wrestling terminology segment has become one of my new favorite things of all time. Yes. Uh, yeah, this week was gig. It's about when a person cuts himself to make him bleed. I was just like, and it was funny because of what ended up happening on Dynamite. We'll get to that later. Uh, but you, <laughs> Matt, Jeff, uh, I mean, Matt and Nick were uh, – and Kenny were uh they were trying to get out of a meeting. <laughs> and they yeah, they didn't want to do media. <laughs> they didn't want to do media. So they seemed to gig and they might have cut a little too deep. Specifically, Kenny had a real big um like lower midsection issue where it was just like just convulging on near his belly button. So it's not definitely needed to be looked at. They I'm hope I'm glad the medical staff was able to get a look at that really quickly. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, VT, yeah, it was, this week, it was very funny, I, I was all about it, uh, uh Specific, I, was, I loved, I loved Hangman when he was having, like, just, like, I don't know what the fuck is up with Matt Hardy, it's like, I just, just can't even handle it, he's like, Benjamin Franklin, it's so good to see you, and I'm just like, oh, God. Apparently, Benjamin Franklin lives inside of the Hangman, uh, that was the great news, the great news to hear. You know, the, the deities do float around and uh, take over other people's bodies. Benjamin Franklin and Hangman, you know, I don't know how that fits. <laughs> I don't know how that fits. Got to be real. I like to be real, like, yeah. I was going to say, they, you know, they went a little over my head there, but, hey, it makes me laugh, so I'm down. 
Yeah, there was a lot of funny moments. Definitely be sure to check out Being the Elite if you haven't seen it yet. And also, we had some quick matches that happened on AEW Dark. I'll run down the results for you guys if you didn't find out about them. We had Billy Gunn taking on John Schuyler. Billy Gunn was able to pick up the victory. We had The Butcher and the Blade getting a victory over John Cruz and Joe Alonzo. Uh, Christy James was able to beat uh, Killeen. I, I hope I pronounced that right. Killeen King. Oh, Kylan King is. Kylan uh, King. My yes, bad. Yes. Oh, the how I heard it pronounced. Got it. And we also had PNP taking on EJ Lewis in Big Game Leroy. PNP ended up getting the victory, and it was finished off with the Natural Nightmares, QT Marshall, and Dustin Rhodes taking on Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler. What a team they are. I'm sure there was no just bad blood between those two at all. But obviously, Natural Nightmare was able to get the victory. And Allie was being on commentary for the matchup and was just praising the ground that QT walked on. And you could just see... He was just like, I did it for you, baby. It's all for you. It's like he is smitten like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I hope this doesn't fit anybody. But if uh, Allie was giving me that kind of attention, I would pretty much do what she tells me to. You can't, you can't, you can't really blame QT for the way he's acting. Like, yeah. I understand Brandy's being like, honey, she doesn't have your best interests in mind. But you can't tell me many fans, if they were being pursued by someone like Allie, that they wouldn't be like, like tunnel vision, like oh my god, like this, this. I only care about this right now. I only care about this woman right here. I was like, yes, baby, yes, baby. She did cross the line for Floyd, though. She said, How that? she said she was having him go vegan. I don't care oh, what no. you look like. That's when we break up. I don't. <laughs> I, I, Floyd eats meat. He loves beef, steak, fish, all of it. So yeah, a woman even suggested it's a vegan. Do you know I only have two words blocked on my Twitter? Ever. I've been on Twitter 10 years. Two words blocked. Vegan and vegans. I don't even want to hear about it. I won't All meet. Right. <laughs> I can, I, you know what? I can relate to that. I, I, I did end up having actually uh, a relationship where my, my, uh, my ex tried to get me to stop eating fast food. And I'm like, yeah, you got to chill. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, that, was, that became the downward spiral. So any, oh, yeah. it's just like QT, that should be like a little bit like, Keep that in the back of your mind as much as you can. So, like, you yeah. just realize maybe this isn't the best idea. So, hopefully, you know we'll see. Yeah, I will Don't. do anything for love, but I won't. But do I won't that. do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm. I'm so glad we got a meatloaf reference in this show. It's been so long. We've needed one. We've needed one. Our show wasn't complete until we got a meatloaf reference. But. That was AEW Dark. Again, check it on the AEW YouTube channel if you haven't seen it. But now, let's get in to AEW Dynamite of the week of 6-3-20, so June 3rd. And we opened up with the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page, versus Jimmy Havoc and Superbad Kip Sabian. They won a chance to take on the champions for the titles. And, of course, they were accompanied by Penelope Ford and... I was I was so glad to see this matchup because I think the team of Adam the the team of Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian has been one that I was not expecting. It was actually a combination of two teams that I wasn't expecting to be going for the tag titles, going at each other, and I thought that was really cool because I think everybody when AEW was first getting started, they were like, "Oh, the tag team championships are going to be held by like the Young Bucks. They'll take on like the Lucha Bros, or they're going to take on a." private party or best friends or all this kind of stuff. But the fact that we're seeing so 
such a different uh, matchup like this, like one that I don't think a lot of fans thought we'd see for the tag titles, and to open up Dynamite, I think was a really, really cool uh, choice, and it was a ton of fun to watch. A really good match for sure. Yes, um, let me. T- uh, my breakdown of this match, I thought the commentary did a really good job talking about how long Hangman had been since he had actually wrestled on Dynamite. They even drove home the fact that uh, uh, they even drove home the fact that there might be ring rust. So Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc, who haven't been tagging that long, but they have been tagging together more recently, that did set up for during the match when uh, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc had most of the offense and were controlling the match. It could have been mostly because Kenny Omega and Hangman, who are great individually, but hadn't tagged very long together. I just thought that was an important detail to drive home at the beginning of the match. Because generally, if you're thinking about the tag team champions, and you're thinking about tag team champions and this team that hasn't been tagging together that long, you think quick match. But if you add in the idea of, you know, uh, them being like more together than the other tag team, that uh, adds a, a, a different layer to the match and why it went long. Uh, Kenny, um, a couple moves. Hangman looked like he was either rushing or he hadn't got his timing back on a few moves. I am okay, completely okay with that. I don't know if he did that on purpose as to tell the story or if he really was like that. But the uh, thing I didn't know I needed in my life was Jimmy Havoc hitting somebody with the freaking wrench. And <laughs> I just like, that's so Jimmy Havoc. And then uh, when Penelope tried to interfere, I love that they made the ref authoritative. He caught her, and he chunked her out of there. Oh, yeah. It was a huge moment. And you can only imagine, like, just fans getting ready to throw her out of there if they were there. And... I do agree with you. The fact that they were focusing on the fact that Hangman hadn't been teaming with Kenny recently because he's been away, it definitely added. Because when you when you hear this matchup on paper, your instant reaction would be like, oh, well, the champions are going to go over. But with this added element, it really added a lot of like doubt that you would think, like, well, maybe with this element being here, the champions could slip up and then just... Uh, upset victory right here in these two and but that didn't end up hap- that didn't end up happening uh hangman and kenny were able to get the victory and it was a great matchup we also had um i will mention uh we had best friends on the sidelines obviously taking a look they're going to be taking on uh the champions at fighter fest and we also had ftr who was at ringside who's obviously gauging the t- gauging the whole tag team field since they debuted and since they're really trying to just size everybody up, trying to see like the matchups they want to make and the rivalries they want to create. So, yes, it's a I, really I, good opener. Yes, uh, that's kind of awesome with FTR being there as that ongoing pregnancy uh, presence. Like, if you look out there, you know we are coming. And it's like, even though everyone's building up to FTR versus the Bucks, that's the match they want. FTR is it was a very subtle reminder that FTR is here for the tag team titles. They are here to be the best, which is, you know, which is great. That's the point. You know, that's what wrestling is for, and sometimes they get lost in things. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that they have they're definitely making their presence known because I think they're making sure people know that this team is one that needs to be feared. We had a short video package of uh Tully Blanchard really going after Sean Spears for his uh, performance at Double or Nothing. 
and talking about how the search for Spears is basically over with. And he had a case in his hand saying that he had the missing piece right here. And he pulled it out and he gave Sean Spears some fingerless black leather gloves. And basically, was I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to get over with that, but it seems like Sean's going to be tapping into a, the darker side that he was getting into when he was the chairman. You see, and that's what I'm here for. That is why I love you being my host, because then I can provide color, because I've been watching wrestling forever, so I know what this means. The Go black, gold, black glove is uh, a throwback to the actually Mid-South days and even earlier. Uh, heels would wear the black glove because there was this man named Black Jack Mulligan. He rocked the black glove and he oh, did okay. the iron claw. There was, I believe, uh, then there was uh, Barry Windham. And then there was, uh, Mag- oh, hold on, I'm saying the wrong name, Ted DiBiase. They all wore the black glove. The The gimmick of the black glove, if you're not interested, if you're, you're not, you didn't know, is that you have the black glove all on all the time. But what happens is, somewhere in the match, they put on a loaded black glove. They switch the black gloves, and they use it to knock out their opponent. Mm. The reason is you're always wearing a black glove, so the ref doesn't notice the difference between your regular black glove and this loaded black glove. Okay. You know what? I I completely missed that. And, like, I'm I'm much more familiar with modern wrestling and yes. um, Mid-South or Deep South wrestling I'm not too familiar with. So I'm very glad that you were able to enlighten me on that. And considering um, totally doing that definitely yes. pays homage to that. And yes. that's that's a that's a really cool thing that they're bringing up. I, do, yeah. I truly did not, um, I did not know that. And I think that's a cool element that I think they're giving to Sean. Yeah, uh, it is definitely... A great element. Like, I popped when I saw it, and I, I saw a bunch of confusion online. So, I couldn't, I was like itching for this moment when I got to explain it. Because when I was young, we'd, we'd have little black baseball gloves where we cut the fingers off. So, we would pretend to be these people. And it was just, it was important to me. It was like a big part of my childhood, something that had been lost, you know, for like, 20 some odd years since someone has I I I think 20 years like 30 years since someone has really donned the black glove in that meaning. It was like that's what he's missing, the black glove. I loved it. I loved that that was the missing piece. That is his tag team partner if you will. Yeah, I'm very excited now to see what Sean does. So, thank you Floyd. I truly missed that. So, I'm glad that you have enlightened me and hopefully enlightened our viewers who weren't completely sure what that move was. Okay. Now, after this, we had the machine Brian Cage taking on Sean Dean, and it was just a beatdown. And Brian Cage just took... He took Sean to, to work and just beat the living hell out of him. And John Moxley then came out after Taz got on the microphone and was going after John Moxley. Basically saying that Brian Cage, he's the machine. Beat him if you can, survive him if he lets you. But then Moxley comes out, and then he goes after Taz. He goes after Brian Cage saying that I, you have no idea what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a different breed of shark that's swimming over you because you're not ready for what I'm about to do to you. He's really telling Brian Cage, you may think you're 
something we've never seen before, but I'm something you've never seen before. And just build into this matchup they're having at Fighter Fest. It was really entertaining. Yes, I, I thought this was a great interview. Taz is still getting his uh, actual active member of the roster and his uh, commentary legs under him. And I'm, I mean, well, not commentary, but a promo legs under him. He hadn't done it in a long time, you know, to build a storyline. So it, 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 I can feel it and I can feel him coming into his own as a manager. Because, you know, Taz has never really been a manager. His role has been get Taz over. But now his focus is on getting the machine over. I saw that little... Uh, I, I saw that little uh, WWE in him because he said the machine like what eight times during the promo. It was like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 he's the machine. <laughs> we get it, we get it, we get it. No, put it on a shirt. <laughs> yes. So no, but I, I love that. I love Taz uh, really putting him over. John Moxley, you know, uh, it was it was funny because I I never got Dean Ambrose. I didn't get him. I didn't understand. Really? What it was, I didn't understand what he was, who he was supposed to be. Right. Well, I will say, I will say, WWE did a really bad job of um, actually portraying who he was. I, I wasn't gonna take a shot at WWE. I was just gonna say I didn't for that. Like when he first came out, he was kind of like the loose cannon, like a mix between Brian Pillman and Roddy Piper, and I got it. And then they kind of mixed his character up, and I never understood it. Mox, I, I get. I yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because I feel like when he was in the Shield, he was definitely the voice of yes. the Shield. He was the guy who went, he went haywire. He would just run his mouth. Seth was the whole, Seth was the architect and Roman was the muscle. And it was just, that was fine. When he left the Shield, it was more so like, I remember like there was so many times like JBL on commentary would be like, he just does stuff. And I'm just like, exactly. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Cause what he, the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So no, but I hundred percent agree. When you you we know who Moxley is. Yes, there he is John in, McClain was, yeah. from Die Hard as a really professional is. wrestler. He really is, and that's like the best <laughs> thing ever. He doesn't get scared. Thing. You know what I mean? He's like, okay, he gets through this one obstacle. Here's the next obstacle. Here's the next building I have to climb. Here's the next guy I got to fight. I'm not going to act scared because I got to fight you anyway. And it's amazing because it comes off and it comes off this level of cool that you can't teach. And that's what I like about Mox. It's and just, the other thing, too, the other thing, too, is that he doesn't just want to beat you. He wants to pulverize you. He's like, I don't want to just beat you in this match. I want to suplex you into a bed of barbed wire. Yeah. And, yeah, I'll get fucked up, but whatever. You're going to be even worse off. Yeah, man, it comes down to it. He even said it. He's like, I'm beatable. I don't think I'm a machine. I am beatable. But it's going to take you all night and everything you got to beat. And it was just him calling out. Uh, it was him calling out Cage just like, yeah, if you're coming, bring a pack of lunch. You know what I mean? Because gonna, you're going to be there the whole night trying to get rid of me. And I, I just really dug it. I just thought this came off as very subtly badass. It's definitely a reason why Moxley is truly one of the best in AEW. He's just such, such a good talent. Yeah, and like I said, you can just tell when people are allowed to be them. And that's what he is right now. He's just allowed to be Moxley, you know, got the shoulders moving and all that stuff. He's not playing a character. He's just kind of him turned up to 12. And I feel that now. 
That's the best way wrestlers get over is when you take your own personality, you, you turn it up to 11, and then you just you become larger than life. That's the best way to get a character over. Yes, absolutely. We then cut to a short little interview with Alex Marvez interviewing the murder hawk monster Lance Archer, who was just beating the hell out of some random guy and it, just it, going it, at color. It's not a random guy. It's Oklahoma's own El Fuego del Sol. There's your context. I did not recognize that. Yeah, yeah, again, no he's disrespect. A, he, no, he's an Oklahoma local wrestler. I, I'm like, I've only seen him in Texas. Like, I mean, he he wrestles literally in Oklahoma and Texas. If you are not from Oklahoma and Texas, I don't. You're not supposed to know who he is. It just happens to be our local independent. He used to wrestle there every week. We've had multiple long conversations. I actually know him. That's awesome, dude. I mean, I'm from I'm from well up north in Michigan, so I had no clue. But that's awesome that your boy got on there. That's yeah, super cool. Yes, that's it's kind of crazy. He's just ah, that's a fuego right there. Small yeah. world, small world. Yeah. But uh, Lance Archer just goes off on the mic saying, "You think one loss means anything to me? It means absolutely nothing. There's not a single person in AEW is gonna stop me. Not gonna be a spot monkey. I'm gonna be a monster. And when I say that everybody dies, I mean everybody dies. And then Jake the Snake just goes over to Alex like, "I'm very sorry. I'm yes. very sorry." And I was gonna add to this because I had a thought on this. I told you, I told you, you know, we got gave me that extra time to get ready for the show. I was like, I was gonna take better notes. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so I had better notes on this one, Jake. I I had an initial problem because Jake, uh, I felt like got himself over more than he got Lance over. Right. This. Uh-huh. If you saw him, he was playing fearful. He was so he was afraid of what Lance was gonna do to the point where he's been mean to everybody. He apologizes to Alex Marvez, Marvez because he didn't know if Lance was gonna kill him or not. That got Lance over as that monster that even his manager's a little afraid of him. Yeah, I mean, especially considering that that loss for the TNT title, like surely people thought. Oh Cody! Oh Cody buried Lance Archer. Oh Cody! Like oh, it's like oh, but it's like no, 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 no. You just unlocked his. Fi- he hasn't even hit his final form. You just unlocked a new depth of Lance Archer now to the point where even Jake the Snake is terrified. Yeah. So yeah, it's like oh man, the the zookeeper has lost control of his animal. Yeah, it's that's it's a great. Great work by by Jake for sure, and Lance is obviously looking like a killer who's just come waiting to come back and then just wreak havoc. Yeah, it makes me wonder who is gonna be his victim. Who's he who's gonna, gonna go be on the wrong end of it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's he gonna go after? I'm looking forward to that. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, we also had a small little segment with Private Party and Broken Matt Hardy, um, but not broken. He was kind of in his version one, and uh, he was not. Yes, he was not lad. He made sure to check up on Mark with his with his uh with his knee, and he talked about how he enjoyed the match and how working with them and your guys' bond reminds me of me and Jeff's. And they just uh had a little uh they, had a little they, cool little moment. Yeah, yeah, they went a little crazy, and I love that because I mean seriously, uh, that's exactly how it would be. It's like you just say you you just said we remind you. Of the Hardy Boys, and we're a tag team. I mean, that's kind of your goal. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not there's not much higher to reach than where the Hardy Boys were at their time. They reached such a high level that the WWE had to break them up because there was nothing left to do as a tag team. Exactly. That's kind of your goal. So, yeah, I thought this was so dope. Uh, I thought this was like them just chilling, you know, just so excited about being around him. He basically not offering to be their manager, but offering to guide them. And yeah. Matt transitioning maybe to a more off-the-screen character. It's possible. Yeah, it's very possible. We also had a small moment after that where Hardy walked by Sammy Guevara, who's still on his little mobility scooter, and he was just like, hey, man, hey, we're totally cool. It's all right. Respect. And and Sammy's looking like, wait a minute, this guy was cheering me on about to get killed. What the hell? Like, I thought that was really funny. Yes, uh, I thought that was pretty funny and confusing. I want to see Sammy, like, I want to see the serious side of Sammy. Like, I want to see him attack him like, oh, you made me limp. We're not friends. We're not cool because you say we're cool. <laughs> we're cool when we when I say I'm cool. I just want to see that edge to Sammy because I love funny Sammy. Don't get me wrong, but I need that heel kind of psychotic edge that you know he might get from being around chris jericho yeah you you definitely take a look at it and you think that like i this is i love sam he's 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 slowly become one of my favorite people in aew um but with the inner circle it feels like with the singles competitors it goes jericho hager and sammy and i think sammy's like when he can really tap into like just a pure anger and just like He's not being cocky when he's when he's done being cocky and he wants to just rip your head off. I think there'll be a completely different element to it and I think once we see that, it's going to make Sammy seem a lot more seem even more dangerous. So, I think I think you and I are both waiting for that moment to see what if Sammy ends up getting pushed over the edge and just like when he comes back healthy, if he just goes after somebody, like maybe Matt Hardy. Yes, absolutely. I yeah, I just I want to I just want to see angry Sammy. I've seen Happy Sammy, I've seen funny Sammy, I've even seen kind of sadistic Sammy. I want to see angry Sammy. Yeah, I do too. After this, we had Boom Boom Cole Cabana taking on Le Champion Chris Jericho with the inner circle on uh, on his side. And of course, Sammy came out. And I'm a musician, I have to comment on this. Sammy, you once again killed it. I No notes for you whatsoever. Continue doing your dream. So I can't, I can't, I can't comment on anything else that he did. He was just, it was amazing. And yeah, I mean, I thought this was, I was really excited to see this matchup because I, I'm, I love Cole. I think he's great. I think Jericho's amazing. And I was really excited to see this matchup. And I think it definitely, it definitely delivered. What'd you think, man? Yeah, uh, there was one sequence where uh, Colt was going for his Superman pin, one of the moves I hate in the world. And Jericho <laughs> reversed it into a wall, uh, the walls of Jericho. I just thought that was so amazing. I thought that was a great transition. Uh, and it was funny because I hate his move, but I love Cole Cabana. I, I think he does a great job of uh, being funny but still doing it in a serious way. He doesn't go full like Yano. You know what I mean? There's, there's this – there's a special spot for Cole, Cole Cabana where he's somewhere between funny, you know, comedy, and I'm trying to win the match. And I think he did that well. Uh, I And uh, the spot where they actually went into uh, 
what is it, the Judas effect, I thought was really cool because it kind of shows how Jer Jericho can get it out of anywhere. But, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was just a great TV match. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, and um, one thing I also really liked, the small thing I noticed was a, a comment made by Tony Schiavone where he brought up the fact that a week ago uh, the Dark Order showed that they were interested in Colt Cabana and um, seeing how well Colt did in this match, you, he was like, you can obviously see why, but then also with him losing this match too, it, it continues that slight seed of is Colt Cabana going to follow the ways of the Dark Order? And I thought that was a really cool seed that they planted right there. And then uh, after the matchup, we had Chris Jericho continuing to call out Mike Tyson, talking about Tyson versus Jericho is the fight everyone wants to see. He continued to call out the baddest man on the planet. He wants it so bad. Where's the baddest man on the planet? Freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy comes out. Not who I'd expect to answer the call of baddest man on the planet, but I respect his willpower. I expect I respect everything that he does to just be like, yeah. I'm the baddest man on the planet, and then comes out and then just kind of just forces Jericho's hands into his into his belt straps, into his pockets. But, yeah, then Jericho tried to go after Orange Cassidy, but he was able to escape and get back with his best friends. And, yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was very entertained by seeing Freshly Squeezed being the man who yes. answer, answered here, here, baddest here. man on the planet. OC might not be... The baddest man on the planet, he's the quickest because with his hands in his pockets, he cannot be touched. His maneuverability to get out the ring and find You know what, Orange Cassidy, you know what? He might be a sloth, but he's not a dumb sloth. I'm going to go find my friends. So if you got to yeah. fight me, you're going to have to fight all three of us. And I just I, I just love it. Uh, the build to a Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy match is everything I didn't know I needed in my life. Yeah, and I think um, something tells me this is definitely something that's going to continue on. So I'm 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 excited to see because I'm sure Jericho is just wanting to just rip OC apart. He absolutely, definitely wants to whip OC apart. We then had a small little training video uh, that was aired to talk about D Dr. Britt Baker's road to recovery, um, which was a nice little thing. And then I was so happy to see this. We got to see. The girl Big Swole get a matchup on Dynamite against the native beast Nyla Rose. Obviously, she was one of my favorite parts of Dynamite. I mean, of uh, Double or Nothing. Just, just running her mouth at everybody. Just didn't give a damn. I was so excited to see uh, Big Swole take on uh, Nyla. However, um, was not able to uh, take down Nyla. Obviously, former women's champion. It would have been a tough matchup. But I was very excited to see her get some time to shine on Dynamite, but Nyla Rose is definitely still making her name mean something because after losing her title, she's making sure she's still in that picture to come get her title back. Yes, and I did like the modified finisher. Uh, had a swole going for her finisher, but uh, Nyla caught her and then hit her with that power bomb out of almost like a spine buster position. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was really unique. Uh, I like building up, you know, Nyla as still dominant and uh, still the force in the division, which is very important to establish her at. And I like they established that Sol Swole went away, came back a little bit fired up, and she's getting closer and closer. You know, maybe eventually she does beat Nyla, but I do like they showed the subtle improvement in Big Swole. 
Yep, and we also had a small little uh, uh, in, uh, encounter after the match between Swole and Britt Baker because she tried to hit Swole after the matchup, but Big Swole was able to throw a metal chair at her because she had like a it was like a it was like a car that was also a a throne that she was sitting on. Like I couldn't fully tell what it was. It was like a car that had a throne on top of it, and then Swole threw a chair at Britt Baker, and then Britt Baker ran to the back. So I bet we're going to be seeing these two go at each other pretty soon. Yeah, I yeah I can definitely see that. I I, I imagine they're building that to the all out match, which is when uh, Britt Baker can come back. I'm loving uh, I'm loving uh, Rebel and uh, or Reba and the role that she's playing now because she used to be a wrestler. She used to be on TV all the time and Impact as Rebel, but now she's uh, uh, now she's doing this for Britt Baker and, and and her expressions and her looks on her face are a perfect tone for the abuse that Britt has given her. Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. We had a small interview with Darby Allen with Tony Schiavone where Tony talked about how Darby was not able to get into the ring this week, but Darby just responded with saying life's one big joke, but Brian Cage, I'm getting the last laugh. So Darby's not finished with, with, uh, Darby's not finished with Brian Cage, so yeah. And then one of the big highlights of this week's Dynamite was the interview with FTR, interview with Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler with Tony Schiavone. I was so, so excited to see this, uh, this because, I mean, like I said, this has been one of my favorite things to happen in AEW. I've been waiting so long for these two to show up. And just having them get on, get on with uh, Tony Schiavone to just kind of, talk about what they were planning on doing. I was super excited with, and we also got to see Butcher and Blade be like, oh, you think you're just going to get in the way of what we were trying to do? And seems like these two are going to go at it pretty quickly. Yes, this took me back into my, my time machine 30 years ago when it was Aaron Anderson and Tully Blanchard being uh, interviewed by Tony Schiavone. The fact that the tag team division has a segment where a tag team is being interviewed and they're building it like the best tag team in the world is coming to AEW. Just like when when is the last time you've seen this type of focus on tag team wrestling? And they they sat there and you want to talk about a picture perfect tone. They literally put over every team in the company except the Young Bucks. <laughs> they, they put over yep. the, yeah they said proud powerful. Uh, they did say Lucha Bros don't do tag team wrestling. They said they're going to teach them real tag team wrestling, which, you know, requires you to tag. But they've literally put over Private Party, SCU. They put over everybody in the company except the Young Bucks, forcing Tony to ask, well, what about the Young Bucks? And they say, you know what? This isn't, they're not a dream match for us, and which is cool. They completely. You know how how completely no selling the young bucks that is to say the match with them is not even a dream match. Oh man, that was crazy! And they say they've been waiting five years to confront them for something that was said five years ago. I love it. I just love this long term storytelling and this bitterness and just think you know something you put out on Twitter can come back to haunt you in the wrestling. I love it. I'm looking forward to them going in the future. And then the Butcher and the Blade coming to get him some. Uh, I, I I dug it, you know. It, 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 I'm telling you, it's 1985, 86. 
uh, Jim Crockett wrestling, you know, the people coming in interviews, like, how did they get in the house? And then all of a sudden, there's like 20 other people, obviously the camera crew, but it was crazy. I enjoyed it. Save it. And he's like, you know what? We're businessmen. Very another another old school hill thing. We're businessmen. We're not going to fight you here. We, there's no money in fighting you here. We'll see you next week in the ring. Boom. Love it. No flips, just fists. Oh, yeah. These two have been proven how how well they're going to be working with being in AEW. I loved how they also talked about, like, if we face the Young Bucks, like, we don't want them to be, like, we don't want to beat them up beforehand and, like, have any doubts of being, like, well, you only won because of this or, well, you only won because of that. It's, like, we want you to be as healthy as you can possibly be. So when we beat you, you have nothing you can say. There's not a single thing you can say. So I love the inclusion of that and, like you said, like, just – the the way they're carrying themselves, just this utter confidence of just like we know we are the greatest tag team and there's not a single person on this roster who's going to be able to touch us. These yeah. guys, when they get in the ring, they're going to just go crazy. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? And they didn't do the cheap thing. You know, the cheap thing is you get on the thing with Tony Schiavone and everybody's expecting you to bury your old company. They didn't even mention the old company. No, I they didn't. loved that. It's not about them. It's about us. And then, like I said, they have this championship swagger. You would have thought they walked in with the belts with the way they talk. You know, talk tough, hit hard. I mean, again, I am the biggest FTR fan. Understand you will not get any. It's going to be not. <laughs> not it's going to be very biased conversation when it comes to FDR. Uh, but I thought they did everything they could to establish themselves as a force going forward. And right before the main event, we had another backstage interview with with Alex Marvez, who interviewed Cole Cabana about his loss. But Mr. Brody Lee showed up to interrupt and then just told Colt, listen, it's what what you do after a loss that matters. And I can help you with that. So he just kind of like keeps that door open for Colt and then walks off. So again, the future of Colt possibly joining joining the Dark Order. We're not 100% sure of, but it's definitely something pe- hey, fans are keeping their eyes on. He, yeah. he checks all the marks. Former uh, college football player. He's about 6'2". He's a big old dude. <laughs> I mean, it's literally, he checks all the boxes that the Dark Order requires. There you go. So, you know what? I mean, it seems like it might be an inevitability. Yes. But we finished off with the main event. The TNT Championship Open Challenge by Cody. His first defense with the title against Jungle Boy Jack Perry. First defense of this title. And first off, big shouts for this being the main event because making your secondary title a main event on your TV show is is a big way of getting it over. I think that's it was great placement for that. I'm super glad they ended up going off with that. And this match was a lot of fun to watch. There was a ton of energy in it, great spots, um, great performance by Jungle Boy. Cody obviously is freaking unbelievable. And for a first title defense, I think it was really freaking good. And I was super, super happy with the way that it turned out. Cody will bleed for you. He will go through a table for you. He will do anything he thinks it takes to entertain you. It is the... It is the big, over-the-top nature of wrestling, and that's what Cody brings to it. The headbutt to the wall, that's what busted him open. Uh, but before that, we had that uh, 
him him and Jungle Boy going through a table, or maybe that was after it. I don't remember him throwing him into the gun club. It it was just like match after, or I mean, move after move, and, and it was building towards that uh, climactic end. Uh, Cody is, I'm just looking forward to the weeks going as he uh, continues uh, these matches. And it's funny because it's not really a super open challenge. This, everybody compares it to Cena's open challenge, and I'm like, it's really not that because this one was a guy that won the Battle Royal. Mark Quinn next week is established contender. Cody didn't go out to the middle of the ring and say, hey, who's coming out? You know, these are people that are being lined up to fight Cody. I mean, it's not, like I said, a traditional open challenge, but you are going to get a singles match from Cody, one of the biggest draws on the roster every week, which is a strong idea. Yeah, it's a really strong idea, and I think it's a good way of uh, differentiating from that open challenge because the comparisons were right out the gate with it. So the the way they're choosing to differentiate from that is a good way of making theirs seem... Uh, unique in a way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, I could not agree more. I just think you know they are doing their best to make it a whole different thing. Yep, and Cody ended up winning his first title defense against Jungle Boy with a completely vicious crossroads. Like he just looked like Jungle Boy just went head first on that and picked up the victory. Gave him a little hug after the after the pinfall, and it was a great match. Great way to finish off the show and like. And up next week, we have the second title defense being against Mark Quinn of Best Friends, which that match is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And we have even more on the horizon for next week's episode of Dynamite. We have that match. We have Best Friends with Orange Cassidy taking on the Inner Circle. And so Santana and Ortiz uh, with Jake Hager. And we also have FTR competing in their first AEW matchup against Butcher and Blade. And then... We have Sammy Guevara taking on Colt Cabana with Chris Jericho, Le Champion going to be on commentary. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a very entertaining, very entertaining episode of Dynamite uh, yeah, going yeah. forward. Happy birthday to me. On my yes. birthday, I get Cody versus Mark Quinn, which I get Cody, and then I get FTR versus Butcher and the Blade. I, I'm looking forward to both those matches. Uh FTR you know, it's going to show you that they can wrestle and have tag team matches with people of different sizes. Because Butcher and the Blades are some big old boys and they hit hard. Uh, yeah, I am looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I I generally have to work Wednesdays. So I am usually noting or, in you know, trying to tweet, note, and do my regular job while watching the show. And if you have ever tried to do all those things at the same time, you know it's damn near impossible. That's why I always end up watching everyone wonders because I always say I watch Dynamite twice. And it's not to show that I'm super dedicated. I miss a lot the first time, (laughs) almost every time because I'm working. I'm literally at work when the show's on. So I watch it the second time because I know I missed a lot. So I'm looking forward to actually being able to sit in front of a TV with my wife and watch some good old 
AEW Wrestling, and I'll be able to react just like everybody else uh, on Twitter and uh, all those things. That it's making that'll make me very happy. Uh, I'm very excited to see Sammy G Cole Cabana match. Anytime Sammy G is in a singles match, that makes me uh, that makes me happy. That was because that was the first time I saw him was in a singles match, and it was like, oh, this kid's a star. And it's like just to see him a few years later killing it is amazing. Oh yeah, and if Cody Cody better win on your birthday, like this this is this is a must. Yeah, because if he loses on your birthday, like that's gonna be a stab in the heart. Yeah, I need Cody and FTR to make it a clean sweep on my birthday. Or I will be crying just a bit. And you don't want it. You guys don't want to have Floyd's tears on your doorstep. You better. You better make this boy proud. Yes, I will post a video of me crying if <laughs> they lose. No, you will kidding. feel so bad. Yes, you will feel so bad that you ruined my 39th birthday that I'm not allowed to go anywhere on. Because exactly, you, you all know if. They, if this was a live audience, no matter where it was in the United you States, would have been there. I would have been there on my birthday. But this is not this is not something that can happen now. First world problems, because that's it, that's not a problem. It, it's not. It's like I'm complaining about it, but is it like really <laughs> a problem? No, it's it's not a problem. I don't get to go watch wrestling shows, which I saw like fifty last year or some shit like that. It was some stupid number, but. Yes, so uh, I am very excited for that. I'm I'm just hoping it knocks it out the park to build up to Fighter Fest. I'm also like I'm like I'm thinking about thinking ahead to Fighter Fest. Who's Cody gonna wrestle? Who's FTR gonna wrestle? They're gonna have some type of uh, you know match, or you know you know, or is it gonna be game? Is it still gonna be a game uh, themed? I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, we want to thank you guys so much for joining us here on this episode. If you want to follow myself on Twitter, again, you can follow me at Floyd, At Sumer 4 not Sumer Floyd. That's not that's not a thing. That's, 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 not a, that's somebody else. I don't know who that is. Yes, that's not a Twitter, uh, you, I don't believe. <laughs> if you want to follow Floyd, Floyd, again, say your Twitter handle. It is at Floyd Johnson Jr., just my name. All right, do you want to close this out, buddy? Yes. Uh, this week we've had to deal with a lot of stuff. We we, we've had no power over to change. Like I said, I can't do anything for my birthday. Uh, there's a lot more serious problems out there, way more serious than that. Uh, I will just offer this. Make sure you help where you can, donate where you can, do what you can. Just do your best to be a good human. You know, that's uh, that's really what I want you to do. But whether you are at home you're out volunteering or protesting or you're uh, at school doing your best to study and, and improve on your future. Always do your best to be elite.